Without a doubt, the year 2020 has been filled with unexpected curveballs. Uh, seems like once one thing gets over with, something else happens. I'm working on a sermon entitled The Unexpected, and we'll probably, Lord willing, preach that next week. But uh, as we look at this and we look at what 2020 has been all about, someone mentioned before service starting, who knows what 2021 is going to happen. Something may happen uh, with that as well. And let me tell you, knowing that, we have two choices. Whatever happens... One choice is just let it happen. Uh, we can just deal with it and we can just uh, roll with the punches or we can set our minds and try to set our minds in the right places so that when things happen to us, we can deal with it. So that when things happen to us, we don't get discouraged. We don't get uh, depressed. We don't lose our faith. We need a plan is what we need. We can't. We don't want to just wander into 2021 wandering uh, aimlessly and purposelessly. We need a plan. So this morning, that's what I want us to look at. And, and while we can't control a lot of what's going to happen in 2021, we can still control how we react to those things, can't we? We can still control the way that we react to the unexpected by having a plan to keep us in a good place mentally. And there's seven steps to this plan for 2021. The first step is, let's find our joy in Jesus. Let's find our joy in Jesus. For a lot of people, joy is found in many, many different places. They, they find their joy in good health. They find their joy in money. They find their joy in circumstances. They find their joy in stuff. But for Christians, remember what Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1 when he said, rejoice in the Lord always? That idea of rejoicing in the Lord means to find our joy in Jesus, to find our happiness in Jesus. Y'all, if we have Jesus, we don't need anything else. It doesn't matter what comes our way. It doesn't matter what happens with our health. It doesn't matter what happens with our possessions. If we have Jesus, we don't need anything else. If we have him and we put him first and we find our joy in him, did you know Jesus promises to provide our daily needs? We might not have a million dollars. We might not have a Cadillac. We might not have a mansion. But if we find our joy in Jesus, we'll have food to eat, we'll have clothes on our back, and we'll have somewhere to sleep. And more than that, we'll have love. Jesus is where we need to put our joy. If the foundation of our joy is in anything else, if the foundation of our joy is in anyone else, if my, the foundation of my joy is my health, guess what's going to happen when I get sick? I'm going to lose that joy, right? What if my foundation is in my stuff? If Santa Claus didn't bring me what I wanted, I'm not going to be joyous, am I? I'm not going to be happy. If my salvation is found, or my joy is found in someone else, wife, husband, parent, child, grandchild, 
When that person lets us down, and they will, they won't mean to, but they will, our joy is going to be gone. Only in Jesus Christ will we not find disappointment and disillusion. Jesus Christ will never, ever let us down. So let's find our joy in Jesus. That's the foundation of having a good attitude to whatever happens in any year, is finding our joy in Jesus. Second, let's let love be our language. Let's let love be our language. It doesn't take a genius to realize that we live in an angry, confused, and frightened world, don't we? It seems that we are all in a fight-or-flight mode. Y'all know what that is, where it seems like we're always in crisis mode, and it's either fight or flight, and that, or it's either run or fight. That, that's the way that we are constantly. Our world desperately needs to hear a different message. Our world desperately needs to hear love. We need to hear a different message. We need to hear love. I've got good news for you this morning. God loves us. God loves you. He also loves the entire world. As that bombing hit, and I read about that yesterday, and heard about that yesterday, and started seeing the news reports, do you know God even loves that bomber? All those terrorists that we think of worldwide, God loves them, and they need to hear that. The victims need to hear that God loves them. There was a guy named Pavlov. It's not Pavlov. That's the wrong name. Miss Linda, I can't remember who it is. But he came up with a hierarchy of needs. Uh, it's what everybody needs to survive and be happy. Do you know the number one need that people have is love? They need to feel loved. Uh, one of the reasons, one of the leading causes of depression in people is the fact that they feel like nobody loves them. They feel like they don't have a purpose. They feel like that they don't have a reason to get up in the morning. God loves you. God loves me. And if Jesus is our joy, we can't help but speak the language of love, right? The scripture tells us God is love. John says that in 1 John. Our daily Bible readings this past week, we read through the book of 1 John, and I couldn't help, I had this sermon in my mind, and I couldn't help reading and thinking about how often it talks about if we are truly of Christ, we love each other, and we show love. John 13, 35, Jesus told his disciples, the very last thing he told them before he died, the very last sermon that he gave them in John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, Jesus says the whole world, he tells his apostles, the whole world will know that you are my disciples if you love each other. The whole world's not going to know we're Christ's disciples by the church sign we have on the, 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 the door in the, in the yard. The whole world's not going to know that we are Jesus' disciples by a terrific praise team. 
The whole world's not going to know that we're Jesus' disciples by having a wonderful preacher. The outside world, the world outside of Old New Hope Baptist Church is going to know that we have Jesus in our hearts. How? By the way that we show love. Now take your Bible and look in the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. John gives us some pretty startling statements about if we don't have love in our hearts. Love is not an option. Love should be our default language when we are born again from above. John chapter 3, first look at verse 14. 1 John 3, 14, we know that we have passed from life or death unto life because we love the brethren. Now watch this next sentence. He that loves not his brother abides in, where? Death. You know what John's saying here? He's saying that if we don't have love for each other, we're not Christians. If we don't have love for one another, we're not born again. If we don't have love for one another, we are still living in death. It's not an option. Look over at the next chapter, 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Now watch verse 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Not only if we don't, if we don't love are we not born again, if we don't love, we don't even know God. Why is that? Because God is love. And when his spirit comes to live inside of us, our language ought to be love. Love ought to be coming forth out of our mouth. Love ought to be seen in our actions. God loves us. He loves the world. And we need to remind the world of that. Let's let love be our language. Number three, let's let mercy shape our attitude, or let's let mercy be our attitude. If you were to ask most people, and I'm afraid it's a lot of Christians as well, what their motto for life is, it would be something along the line of, I'm going to look after me first. I'm going to look after me and mine first. Do unto the others before they do unto me. That's the way a lot of people live their life. That's the way a lot of people uh, function. But you know that Jesus teaches us a better way. If we find our joy in Jesus, and if we let love become our default language that we speak, did you know that mercy is going to be what defines and shapes our attitude? Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 7, he reminds us that in order for us to obtain mercy, we first have to be merciful. Remember in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, a lot of people, Christians included, we want God to have mercy on us, don't we? Because we know we've messed up. We know that we, we're sinners. We know that if God doesn't have mercy, we're not going to have much of a hope 
for getting into heaven. We want God to be merciful to us. But the question I have for me and for you this morning is, how quick are we to show mercy to other people? When other people wrong us, how quickly do we show them mercy? In that same Sermon on the Mount, over in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 12, Jesus says, when he's given his model prayer, he says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive our trespassers. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Our receiving mercy and our receiving forgiveness is closely tied to our willingness to show mercy and to give forgiveness. As we put 2020 in the rearview mirror, and we anticipate 2021, we see, y'all ever been on a trip and you see the Welcome to Kentucky sign or Welcome to Alabama, or wherever it is you're going, that sign's in the distance, you can see it, that's where we are with 2021, it's coming. Can I suggest to you one way to make your, 20, I'll guarantee you this will make your 2021 better. If someone has wronged you, do me a favor, forgive them. Do yourself a favor and forgive them. Now listen to me, whether they ask for it or not. What was one of the last things Jesus said on this earth before he was crucified? Matter of fact, he said it on the cross. Lord, forgive them because they know not what they do. If the Lord could forgive those people that mocked him, that beat him, that scourged him, that they, put that, they whipped him, they spit on him, they slapped him, they put the crown of thorns on him, they nailed him to a cross. Jesus said, forgive them. You say, well, Brother Andy, you don't know what they did to me. You know what? I don't. But if Jesus could forgive his crucifiers, can we not forgive those that have done us wrong? And let me tell you what. If you don't forgive someone, you know who you're hurting most? You. Because you know what happens with if all you do is sit around and think about how this person's hurt you and that person's hurt you and, and, it, and it, it rankles and it just sits there and festers, you ever have a sore that you kind of pick at it and you pick at it and you pick at it? You know the best thing you can do to get rid of a sore is leave it alone let it heal, right? That's the same thing we need to do with our anger and with our, those people that have let us down. Let, let's, learn to, let's, let's, let's let mercy be our attitude. Let's be quick to forgive. And let me add this. Even if they've done it before, amen? Think about this. You and I have been adopted into God's family. If we've trusted Jesus as our Savior, and we've been forgiven of our sins. We've been born again. We have a home in heaven. How much mercy did it take for God to give that to us? How much mercy did I need to get that? I'm here to tell you a bunch. And so did you. 
Shouldn't we? Show, shouldn't mercy be our attitude? We've been forgiven so much. Let's learn to be merciful. Let's let mercy be our attitude. Also, let's let faithfulness be our aim. Let's let faithfulness be our aim. This is a New Year's resolution time of year. Uh, did y'all know that the end of December through about the middle of January, there are more gym, gym memberships initiated than through the whole rest of the year? This is a time of year people are going to lose weight. This is a time of year people are going to get organized. This is a time of year people are going to turn over a new leaf and quit this and start that and pick up a, going to quit all our bad habits. We're going to start a bunch of good habits. We're going to be better people. All these kind of sayings fill the air this time of year. And you know what? While all of these things are noble pursuits, we should want to better ourselves. We should want to, to be better in 2021 than we were in 2020. But I'm reminded of what Jesus said in last night's Bible reading, Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. Revelation 2, verse 8, beginning. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna, and that's not Smyrna, Tennessee, that's Smyrna in Asia Minor. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These, sayings saith, these things saith the first, the last which was dead, and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them that say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which, shall, which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye may have tribulation ten days. Now watch this. But be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Can I encourage you this morning to let 2021, as that year enters, Let's let faithfulness be our aim. Let's resolve to be faithful in 2021. And what do I mean by that? I mean, let's be faithful to the Lord. Let's be faithful in our Bible reading. Let's be faithful in our prayer life. Let's be faithful in our witnessing. Let's, in everything that we do, let's be faithful. You know, people want to do big things for Jesus. They want to give the, oh, Lord, I, I, I'll, I'll die for you. What about the little stuff? Look at Luke chapter 16. Everybody wants to do big things for Jesus, but look at what Jesus reminds us of in Luke chapter 16. In verse 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. You know how to be faithful in the big things for Jesus? By being faithful in the little things. 
You know how to lose 40 pounds? If that's what you want to do, be faithful every day to eat right and exercise. Losing weight's pretty simple. Burn more calories than you take in, right? The principle's pretty easy. It's the execution that's difficult. You know, Titans play today, and somebody said, who's, who's going to win? I said, I know who's going to win. I, they said, who? I said, whoever scores the most points. That's the goal, you know. But to score the most points, you have to be faithful in the little stuff. you got to pass and catch and kick and tackle and not make penalties. If you're playing basketball, you got to shoot and score, not foul and rebound. Be faithful in the little stuff. And it adds up to the big stuff. When I was in marching band, we were three-time we three state champions. We knew how to march and play. But did you know every rehearsal we had, our band director started us out with fundamentals. We practiced fundamentals for about 30 minutes every rehearsal that we have. Because he said no matter how, com our band director said no matter how complicated our music and no matter how complicated our marching drill is, it all comes back to executing the basics. If you can't march and play at the same time, the rest of it doesn't matter. Can I encourage us, you and me and our church, let's be faithful in 2021. Let's let that be our aim. Because you know what? If we are faithful in 2021, the rest of these resolutions take care of themselves. Amen? If we want to better, be a better person, be more faithful to the Lord, and you'll be a better person. You want to be a better husband, better wife, better mother, better grandmother, be faithful to the Lord in 2021, and you'll be better in all of those things. Let's let faithfulness be our aim. Also, let's let truth be our fuel. Let's let truth be our fuel. So many people are fueled today by anger and revenge, the desire to be successful. It's what wakes them up in the morning, and it's what gets them through the day. As Christians, we need to be fueled by the truth. Do you remember, when, what's, let me ask you, what's your definition of truth? What is truth? Remember the conversation that Jesus had with Pilate at his trial? And we won't read there for time's sake, but it's in uh, it's in John chapter 18, verses 37 and 38. Jesus talks about telling Pilate that those that don't accept the truth of Jesus, they're not of him, they're not of the, the, the they're not in his kingdom. And Pilate asked the question, what is truth? And there are people today that ask the question, well, there is, they say there is no truth. What's true for you might not be true for me. What's true for him might not be true for her. But did you know what? There are things that are true. If you climb up on this top of this church building and you fall off, the truth is you're going to hit the ground. Amen? Amen. That's the truth, right? If you're in an airplane and you shut the and you're flying at 35,000 feet and the engine quits, that plane's going to crash. That's truth, right? There are so don't let people say there is no truth. People that say there is no truth just want to be their own boss. Amen. 
Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth is found in a person, Jesus Christ. When we wake up in the, in the morning, Jesus Christ ought to be on our mind. When we go to bed at night, Jesus Christ ought to be on our mind, and he ought to be on our mind all the time in between that. Amen? Amen. And then Jesus also says in John 17, 17, thy word is truth. God's word is also truth. You know what needs to be our fuel for 2021? Having Jesus as our joy and the Bible as our truth. Amen? Amen? This is truth. It's God's word. God said it and that settles it. Amen? Amen? Doesn't matter whether we believe it or not as far as God's concerned. Because if he said it, that settles it. Let's let truth be our fuel. Jesus and God's word ought to be our true north. You know, if you get a compass out, that compass will point you in the right direction. That's what Jesus and God's word will do for us. You want to know what would Jesus do? What would Jesus think? How would Jesus act? Read about it in scripture. We can find the answer. And then if that's the way Jesus would act, that's what we ought to do as well. But number six, Let's let gentleness guide our action. Let's let gentleness guide our action. Gentleness and meekness and mercy all go hand in hand. I saw an ad yesterday on Facebook for a t-shirt that read, I get road rage in the grocery store. <laughs> Does that describe you? Does that describe me? How high is your flashpoint? A flashpoint means that's how flammable something is, how quick it is to ignite. You can put lighter fluid on a pile of sticks and drop a match in it, and it'll start a nice fire. But if you pour gasoline on that pile of sticks and throw a match in it, you'll burn your arms off. Because the flashpoint in gasoline is so, it's so quick, it's so flammable. It'll follow you all the way. The, the gas fumes, the fumes will catch on fire, and it follows you all the way back. That's why they tell you to turn your engine off when you pump gas, because just the slightest little spark can set gas, the fumes on fire. How high is your flashpoint? Are you quick to anger? Am I quick to anger? Let me give you a passage to help you and it helps me as well. Galatians chapter 5. Let's look over there. Galatians chapter 5. And when we look at Galatians chapter 5 in verses 19, 20, and 21 is a bunch of bad stuff. A bunch of sinful stuff. Matter of fact, Paul calls it Works of the flesh. That's what our old man thought about. That's what our old person, before we were born again, those are the things we participated in. Verse 19, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. 
In other words, not only these things, anything like these things. That's what we used to do in times past, verse 21. They which do those things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But, in verse 21, but, or 22 rather, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithful, meekness, temperance. The fruit of the Spirit. Where do we get the fruit of the Spirit? From the Spirit that's living in us. Here's my question. Which person are you cultivating this morning? As we end 2020 and begin 2021, which person inside you are you cultivating more? That person of the flesh or that born-again spirit of God? Because whichever one you cultivate, that's what's going to rise to the top. If you think about bad, evil, wicked stuff all the time, you're going to have bad, wicked, evil actions. The more you think about God, the less you're going to think about other stuff. Let's let gentleness guide our actions. And finally, let's make giving God glory our goal. Let's make God's glory our goal. It's good to have goals. We ought to do that. And I encourage you as we end this year and start the next year, Think about some things you want to change. Let's make those goals. That's good things to have. Without goals and without purpose, we'd wander around aimlessly. And you know that's what a lot of folks do. They get up every morning and they just wander. They don't realize that's what they're doing. But whatever life brings their way, they'll deal with it and, uh, or be victims of it. And they never take control of their lives. For the Christian, our ultimate goal should be to give God glory in everything we do. How do I know that? Look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to what? The glory of God. If God lets you live in, in the morning, when you go to bed tonight and you say your prayers, and you go to sleep when you wake up in the morning, the first thing we all ought to do is give God glory for letting us wake up for another day. And then as we start our day, we need to look for ways to give God glory. Look for ways we can help. Look for ways that we can be a difference. Open our eyes. See the world through God's eyes. Hear the, wor hear the world through God's ears. Feel the world with God's heart. So that in everything we do, let's give glory to God. I don't know what 2021 is going to bring. I'm pretty sure to bring curveballs. We had COVID and lockdown and murder hornets. Aren't you glad the murder hornets were just here for a little while? We sure had bigger fish to fry than that. Hurricanes, tornadoes, 
wildfires, lockdowns, quarantines, bombings. I don't know what 2021 is going to give us. But I tell you this, if we will let our joy be in Jesus, if we will let love be our language, if we will let mercy be our attitude, if we will let faithfulness be our aim, if we'll let truth be our fuel, faithfulness, uh, gentleness guide our actions, and let God's glory be our goal, no matter what happens in 2020, we've got a plan to face it. Amen? Hope you had a good Christmas. Even though we couldn't be together, I know it got slowed down quite a lot. I hope you had a good one. Because the fact that God lives with us, and not only the fact that God came, but he, that he came to stay with us, and to live with us, and to die with us, that's enough to give him glory right there. And as we get ready to celebrate this New Year's, let's make our resolution. Let's make ourselves be the best men and women we can be in 2020. But if we'll focus on being the best Christian we can be. And let me even rephrase that. If we will focus on letting God make us the best Christian we can be. The Holy Spirit's in us. We just have to let him go to work. Water. Feed it. Exercise it. Get the weeds out. Get the junk out. So that the spirit can blossom inside of us. And everything we can do, we can give God glory. I don't know what God has in mind for Old New Hope Baptist Church in 2021. I tell you what though. Whatever happens, we'll have an opportunity to give God glory. And that's where we need to be.